Thanks for listening to this week's Hope at Crossroads. We are glad you're taking the time to listen. As you tune in today, if you need encouragement or prayer, please reach out to us by texting 864-288-1626. Or you can connect with us through our website, hopeatcrossroads.org. Spread the word to your friends and let them know they can subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And now, here's this week's message. Wow. The choir is growing. I like to see that. Woo! Know. And there's room for more, he says. And there's room for more. You heard it, folks. You heard it. Wednesdays at 7, right, Joey? All right, all right. Well, good to see everybody today. Wow, some of y'all must have been staying up late watching them games, sweating through with some of them there. Goodness gracious. Uh, speaking of sweating through, uh, we uh, don't forget we have the October challenge going on, and there are buckets around the church. And so uh, for all those uh, parents out there of children and youth, uh, give them all your money so that they can put it in there and dunk Pastor Jack um, later on as it gets really cold, because... Uh, they keep saying they want to dunk me, and I'm like, no, that's not how this works, folks, okay? Uh, tell you what, if, you know, if they raise enough money, I may let them dunk me um, and all, but as long as Jack gets dunked as well. So, but, um, <laughs> hey, you know, it's team, team player, right? Team player. So uh, we might even throw Joe in there. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> hey, you know. Uh, but, hey, good to see you, everybody, today. If you will, go ahead and uh, turn to... John chapter 8, we're going to be continuing our study in uh, the book of John uh, today, and uh, so good to see everybody, Um, and so, but uh, let me ask you a question, have you ever tried getting up uh, early in the morning, uh, whether on purpose or uh, just because you woke up and uh, you got to take care of some business, and uh, so you're trying to, to, to get through the room uh, without waking everybody up, you know, you don't want to turn on, turn on the light uh, there at the nightstand. Uh, so you're like, hey, I'm going to take care of this. I'm gonna, or you're getting up, you're like, I'm going to make my wife's coffee and, uh, so that she'll be good to go in the morning. And so, but I'm not going to turn on the lights because I don't want to wake anybody up. And so you're like, I know this house, right? I know the room, so I can do this without any lights on. And so you start to walk around the bed, you start to walk through the house, and you think that you're doing good, only though you forget about those pairs of shoes that you left on the floor. Or maybe those toys that your kids left out on the floor, uh, and it's pitch black, and everything's going well until you step on those shoes, or you step on that, that toy... And not only do you start to make noise because it hurts, but you start tumbling, and next thing you know, you smack the floor, and you wake everybody up anyway. All right? You know, all of that, and you had good intentions, and the thing is, all that was well and good except for those things that you forgot were there to distract you, those there to stumble. But the point is, all that could have been avoided if you would have turned the light on. Because the light would have exposed and you would have seen those shoes. You would have seen that toy that you told uh, your 
kids to pick up for the 25,000th time um, that they did not do. But you see, if you'd have done that, if you'd have turned the line on, uh, we live in modern times, if you would have just had your phone and turned the flashlight on your phone, you know, uh, just, just to have a little bit of light, or maybe a flashlight, that's the power of light. It exposes things. It shows you things that are there that you may not realize are there. And when we're walking in darkness, those are things that tend to trip us up. You see, the sun is the center of our galaxy. It, brings all, it shines light uh, all around us. Why? To show us the things that are around us. Just like the sun is the center of our galaxy, God is the center and the source of all light. And the Bible says that God is light, and in Him there is no darkness. As we continue our study today in the book of John, we're going to look at this. I know this past Friday night, we took many of the students over to Denver Downs in Anderson uh, for the corn maze, to go through the corn maze. And the corn maze is really good when you go during the daytime because you can kind of see through the corn and, you know, you can kind of see where the paths are. Uh, But when you go at night, when you go in, and there's still light from all the other things, so you could, it's pretty easy to get through. But as you get all up in that corn maze and you're trying to find uh, the different numbers, you're trying to find the way uh, to get uh, through the corn maze, you have this problem uh, because it gets darker and darker. And so a lot of times you need a flashlight or a headlight, um, you know, one of those things that you put on your head, shines light, whatever works for you, uh, that is what happens. But the whole purpose of it is that it shines light. It shines light on the path because if you've ever been in a corn maze, if you've, especially the one down in Denver Downs, uh, it's huge, all right? And you can get up in there and uh, you can get lost, all right? So you need light to shine the way. And we're going to see what Jesus has to say here in John chapter 8. So if you will, uh, let's start reading. It says, They went to each, each to his own house, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him. And he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now the law of Moses commands us to stone such women. So what do you say? Then they said this, to test him, that they may have some charge to bring against him. And Jesus bent down and wrote his finger in the ground. And, on, and as they continued to ask him, they stood up. He stood up and he said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. At once more he bent down and he wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and he said to the woman, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She says, No one, Lord. Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, 
sin no more. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will, walk, will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so there's five truths that we are going to see through the passage, but we're going to, we're going to stop right here and we're going to get to the first truth that we see in John chapter 8. And it's this. It's the first thing that we see in the first 11 verses is that we've all sinned and we are all in need of the grace and mercy of Jesus. This woman had been brought to Jesus in the midst of his teaching by the religious leaders. She'd been caught in adultery. And they asked him, they said, Jesus, what shall we do? This is what the law of Moses says that we should do. What do you say? Now, we know that their motives were scheming. They were evil. They, they really didn't, I won't say they didn't care about what the woman had done, but that wasn't their main point. They wanted to trick Jesus or try to trick Jesus into saying something where they could bring up charges and arrest him and get rid of him because he was a threat to their way of life. While Jesus was teaching, they brought the woman. And they said, it's funny that they brought up the Mosaic law and they said, well, uh, the law of Moses says that we should stone such women as these. But what they didn't bring up was the, the, the Levitical law that says that they should stone both the man and the woman uh, for such act. And all. So they just they brought this up and they said, what should we do? And the truth is that they weren't as concerned about her as they were testing Jesus to try to bring charges about him. And Jesus as he often did with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the scribes, the religious leaders of the time. He knelt down in the sand, and he just started drawing, it seems. Now, we don't know what he was doing. As he, we don't know if he was writing out her sin, or maybe he was writing out their sin. Uh, for the point that he said. But what it comes down to is he brings up the point and he puts it back on those that brought the woman. And he says, I tell you what, those of you that have no sin in your life, then you cast the first stone. And the Bible says that one by one, the older ones first left the scene. They put down their stones, they left, and it's just Jesus and the woman there. Jesus showed this woman grace and mercy at a time, in a very difficult time in her life. And just like Jesus showed this woman grace and mercy, Jesus has shown us grace and mercy as well. Romans 3.23 tells us this, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is freedom in Christ Jesus. You know, each and every one of us, each and every one of those that were bringing this woman in judgment, and all were in need of the same grace and mercy that Jesus showed her. And when he said, Those that are without sin cast their first stone, 
He was putting the light back on them and their sin, helping them to see, although they were very stubborn, they didn't see this, but helping to see that there was sin in their life too. Maybe it wasn't adultery, but maybe it was something else. The fact is, we are all in need of the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. And I love how Jesus responds to this lady. He says, where are they? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. But he didn't stop there. He didn't enable her sin. He goes on and he says, now go and sin no more. He lovingly corrected her. He lovingly rebuked her. And calling out her sin. And recognizing that, hey, and all, you don't have to do this anymore. No, I'm not condemning you and everything. But don't, don't continue this life of sin in your life. And that's the way, that's the message for us today. It's funny that... Jesus knows our sin, but he calls us by our name. But yet the devil knows our name, and he calls us by our sin. You see, Jesus has a way of lovingly rebuking us where we walk away knowing that, yes, there's a better life. There's a better way. He says, go and sin no more. And that's the first thing that we need to understand about this passage is that we've all sinned and are in need of the grace and mercy of Jesus. There's someone here today that is in need of the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. In other words, you need Jesus not to give you what you deserve. You also need Jesus to give you what you don't deserve. Those of us that have come to faith in Jesus Christ, if you are a believer in Christ today, you have experienced this same grace and mercy in your own life. And you know how beautiful and how wonderful it is that even though that you're, you're marred and you're, you're stained by your sin, because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, that sin has already been paid for. We're all in need of the grace and mercy of Jesus. And he continues in verse 12, he says, Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is the second of the seven I am statements that we read in the book, um, the gospel of John. The first we talked about just a few weeks ago. There in John chapter 6 where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. You'll see that there are five others after this. He's going to say in chapter 10 as we look at it in just a few weeks, I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. One that we love. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And in verse 15, I am the true vine. Jesus tells his disciples. Jesus followed the statement of saying, I am the light of the world, by saying that anyone, anyone, not just a select group of people, but anyone that follows him will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of 
Jesus in them. You see, there's just something funny about darkness. It causes us not to see. It makes it hard to see what's around us. And if we were to turn off the lights in this room right now, you would have problems seeing your Bible unless you have your phone out and you have your app out. And now we see all the glow, the glow on the faces. But you see, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. And when the light shines in the darkness, as this flashlight does, it penetrates the darkness. And it shows everything so much more clearly. Thank you, Richard. Those of you that have grown up here, aren't you glad that those lights don't have to warm up anymore? to come back on. They just pop back on. But Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will no longer walk in darkness. They'll no longer be walking in darkness of their sin when they come to faith in Jesus Christ. If they will just trust him with their life. If you are here today and you've never placed your your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ, the darkness that, that you find yourself in the things that you struggle with can all be solved just by placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. This is a beautiful picture of the transformation that happens in someone's life when the gospel of Jesus Christ enters their life. It's a beautiful picture of that transformation that happens when someone's life is changed forever by the gospel. They go from darkness to light. And although they, it's still something that, sin is something that we struggle with, and we will struggle with for all the days of our life, we have a light inside of us because of Jesus. The Pharisees obviously opposed and disputed Jesus' claim, which brings us to the third point here. That followers of Jesus have the light in them so they can let his light shine through them. Do you realize that as a believer in Jesus Christ, the fact that Jesus' light shines in you gives you the opportunity to let your shine, light shine out of you every day of your life. It doesn't matter where you are. A new life in Jesus can reflect the light of Jesus because of the change and the transformation that has happened. Let me ask you a question. You know that 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 glow, that that just that beaming that uh, on on a new believer's face when when they come to faith in Jesus Christ and they realize and all the penalty of their sin has been paid by Jesus and the the grace and the the mercy that they've found and on they just it's just all over them. They can't contain it. I mean, it doesn't matter. They just, they can't stop talking about it. They can't stop talking about what Jesus has done in their life. That's what happens to followers of Jesus. Matthew 5, 14 says, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. And later on he says, 
So let your light shine before all men that they may see your good works and praise your Father in heaven. Some of your translations may say, and glorify your Father in heaven. So one of the questions that I have for all of us today is this. How are you letting your light shine for Jesus in your home? How are you letting your light shine for Jesus at work? Students, how are you letting your light shine for Jesus at school? Do people see the light of Christ shining through you? How about this? How about your neighbors? Does the light of Christ shine through you when it comes to your neighbors? Does your life reflect the light of Jesus in the world? Because when we let our light shine for Jesus, as Matthew, as Matthew 5 reminds us, and all, that they will see your good works and praise your Father in heaven. So I want to encourage you today, follower of Jesus Christ, let your light shine. And as the song says, let it shine till Jesus comes. I'm going to let it shine. Hard times are going to come. Life is going to happen. But the joy that comes in knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior will allow that light of Jesus to shine even in the darkest times, even in death, even in a medical diagnosis. You let your light shine. Because when our light shines, the darkness of sin is exposed. John 1, 4 through 8, shares with us, and we talked about this at the beginning of our study. It says, in verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness to the light. Just as John came to bear witness to the light of Jesus, may our lives bear witness to Jesus as well. Whether at home, at work, in the marketplace, in our neighborhoods, at the ball game. I'm talking to myself there, okay? Let it shine till Jesus comes. In verses 13 through 25, we come to the fourth truth. And I'm going to read these. It says, so the Pharise- Jesus has just told them, I'm the light of the world. He's made this claim. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh, and I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not alone who judge. I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me as well. Go on down to verse 25. So they said to him, Who are you? And Jesus said, Just what I've been telling you from the beginning. 
It's like Jesus is saying, you know, you hard-headed people, you're supposed to know the Word. You're the religious leaders of your time. You're supposed to be the shepherds of these people. You're supposed to know who I am. I've been telling you this since I've come on the scene. And even before me, generations of prophets have told us, creation has shown who I am, and yet, you're still... Don't understand who I am. Our first, fourth truth from John chapter 8 is this. That you can be religious and not be a follower of Jesus. This is clearly displayed in the lives of the Pharisees. We go back to John chapter 1. We see in uh, John's gospel in verse 9 he says this the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world he was in the world and the world was made through him yet the world did not know him these Pharisees they they had so much head knowledge that it would make our minds blow up they had memorized so many things so much of the scriptures Yet, they failed to see the light because of the darkness that was still within them. They were the most religious people in the crowd, yet they failed to see Jesus for who He truly is. My prayer today is that, if you, that you are not in this, this boat. Because you can grow up in the church, you can have been drugged to the church from the time that you came out of your mother's womb. But if you've never placed your trust in Jesus Christ, then you are just religious. And being religious will not save you. Only Jesus will. Their disbelief had blinded them from the truth. That when Jesus says, I am the light of the world... They missed it. And my prayer is that we have not missed the fact that Jesus is who He says He is. And He's done what He said He's going to do. And He's going to continue till He comes back and gets His bride. They just continue to dispute Jesus and His claims. They would say something. They'd ask a question. Jesus would answer. They'd ask another question or dispute it. Jesus would answer. It's almost like a parent talking to a child. And you're trying to get your point across. And they just keep arguing and arguing and arguing. And they're like, you don't understand. And all. just listen. Just trust me. And they're they're just talking, talking, talking. It's like, give me your iPhone. Give me your computer. Give me the things that matter most to you. I'm going to take that away from you. It's like Jesus is saying. He says, when they ask, who are you? Jesus said, just what I've been telling you from the beginning. In other words, he's saying, 
If I could take what you know in your head and you could understand it in your heart, then the light would go off. And you would see that I'm the one that you've been studying that is to come. But yet, their disbelief had blinded them from this truth. The sad truth is we can look around our world today and we can still see this happening day in and day out. They disputed Jesus over and over. And they just proved the point that you can be religious and not be a follower of Jesus. You can be so religious, you can have so much head knowledge about the Bible and miss the light of the world and still be walking in darkness. Later on, as, and we're not going to get there today, but you may in your, in your small group, in your Sunday school class, it's like Jesus finally, he's like, you're not getting it. So he kind of throws this out at him in verse 44. He says, you are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desire. He finally just says, hey, you know, this is who you think you are. This is who you really are. You think you're following God, but no, you're not. May it never be said of us. That we're very religious, yet we're not a follower of Jesus. And the, the fifth truth that we see today is this. In verses 31 and 32, as Jesus continues to, to dispute them. And here's the, here's the beauty. I love this. Here's the beauty of the gospel. That in the midst of all this disputing, listen to verse 30. He says, and as he was saying these things, many believed in him. That is the power of the gospel. That in the midst of, of these religious people who should have known who Jesus was, disputing him. and all, There were those that were listening and believed in him. In verse 31, he says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And that's the last truth here that we see. The truth will set you free. The truth of, of Jesus, the truth of the gospel will set you free. It will, it will expose the darkness in your life to where you just fall on your knees and you confess your sins because you realize that your sin is is keeping you from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus tells the new believers that if they will abide in his word, that they will know the truth, and the truth will set them free. You see, the truth of God's word has the power to set anyone in this room free if they will just believe. If they will just believe that there's sin in their life that needs to be confessed. That needs to be dealt with. But if they'll just believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins, was buried three days later, raised from the dead. And that if they will just confess their sins and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross and was raised three days later. 
And if they will just place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that they will be saved. In Romans chapter 10, it says, for all, for all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. The truth, as we have gospel conversations throughout our day, throughout our week this week, those opportunities that Jesus gives us, those divine appointments that Jesus gives us to share the good news of the gospel has a power to set someone free from their sin. So the question today is this. Has the truth set you free from your sin? Has the truth set you free? And if we're doing an honest evaluation of our life, and the answer is no, then my question is this, what's holding you back from trusting Jesus today? Don't be like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and scribes who are so religious, yet they missed it. Don't allow your disbelief to keep you from experiencing the joy of knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Let your light shine today. Let the light of Jesus shine into your life today. Exposing the darkness for what it is. And bringing light into your life. Jesus says, And you shall know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now that that person that is sitting in this room that has yet to place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ will do that today. Lord, that you would give them the courage to confess their sins and to trust you with their life. And Father, all the bondage, all the sin, all the darkness that seems so thick in their life and all, will be exposed, will be completely gone. And all as the light of Christ shines in their life. Lord, for that person dealing with anxiety, with that person dealing with fear today, with depression, Lord, I speak Jesus over them at this moment, knowing that the name of Jesus, all those things flee. So, Father... May we do business with you today. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to go into a time of response now. And here's the truth. Jesus is here. And he's just waiting for you to respond. As the word has been preached, I pray that the Holy Spirit would do his work. My prayer is that you would just listen to the Spirit inside you. So let's stand, and as we sing, 
I'm going to ask Corey if he'll come down. Jack, if you've got a response today, the altar's open. If you need to come pray by yourself or with someone today, you do that. You do business with God, whatever it is. If you don't know Jesus, I pray that you would trust him with your life today and that you would know the truth and it would set you free. We hope you've been challenged and inspired from today's message. You can find out more about the message you have heard today by visiting our website, hope at crossroads.org. If you live in the upstate South Carolina area and you're looking for a church home, we hope you'll come by and visit sometime. Details about our church and service times can also be found online. In addition, we want to invite you to check out some of the great items at our website that will help you, or you can give as a gift to a friend. Devotionals and other resources are all available at hope at crossroads.org. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you will tune in again next week.